What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. My name is Chris, and I am one of your hosts, and I'm joined today by the other, the lovely, the wonderful, the talented Emmy Rodriguez. Here I am. Here you are, and we are glad you are here. How's it going, Emmy? It's great. It's been a great day today. Yeah, it's been a good day. You know, uh, when we're recording this, it's been dreary and just kind of bleh. It's been too rainy for yes. too long, and it's I'm like, over it. Yeah, I, I feel like we should have better weather by now, so... Yeah. You know what else has been kind of bugging me? <laughs> okay. No, I don't. <laughs> Look, I'm a patient person. You are. Okay. Incredibly patient. And I like to think I'm a really patient driver. Okay. I like to say that. Um, but what I've noticed when driving lately is I don't feel like everyone knows the rules when there's an emergency vehicle on the mm, road lately. This is true. And so I'm just curious, like, do people learn that, right? When you take your driving, like, that's something you do to learn. <laughs> like, I just don't know if that's still taught. Is and then you just supposed to know? I don't remember. Like I feel. I mean, I was taught, right? But I've just noticed a lot. Like people don't stop; they yeah. just kind of coast by them. And I'm like, that's not that's not right, right? Right? You do stop, right? right? Okay. Right. Right. I was. Th- right. I'm thinking about like maybe I'm wrong, but you do. You're talking about pulling over when they're coming yeah, up behind you or whatever. Behind yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. you are supposed to stop or like pull all the way off the road, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I need to clear up because I feel like I haven't been seeing that a lot lately. <laughs> I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they aren't aware, but they're actually, so it's a ticketable offense. There are laws against this. So if, if they are headed the same direction as you, you're supposed to pull over and come to a complete stop as soon as it is safe to do so. Right. If they're coming the opposite direction, you still are supposed to pull over unless there is a concrete median between you and them. Okay. But I have been told, because I have some friends that are police officers, if it is just a grass median, but no concrete curbs, you are still supposed to pull over They said you're not as likely to get a ticket, but you can get a ticket. There has to be a concrete curbed barrier between you and them because I guess they're less likely to jump over the concrete, but they could go through the grass theoretically if they needed to turn in a hurry. So that's what I've heard. I don't know. I also have heard if you quickly whip out behind the emergency vehicle to try and be that guy to like (laughs) get ahead of the traffic, police officers will see it and will pull you over because you're not allowed to do that either. Yeah, I think it was Sunday, so there must have been an accident. Okay. And so there was a fire truck, and it was blocking the left lane, and it was on 6. And so it was really slow traffic. It was a long line. And so everyone, you know, has to get over. Right. So you let people over. No one let me over, Chris, for like five minutes. And I'm like, well, I can't go anywhere. There is a fire truck right there. So I waited patiently, and then I had to do like a real quick maneuver. Didn't like it, but I made it. But I was just like, what am I supposed to do? You know, just things like that that I'm just curious what people think like when there's no alternative. And then, oh, and then... And then there's the when there's a police officer like has pulled someone over or anything like that, and they don't like switch lanes. Are you supposed to switch lanes? Like to get off the road? Well, like if they pull them over and you're in the right lane, but you could go to the left lane, are you supposed to like go over to the left lane? You know, I'm actually going to defer to today's guest because I see them shaking their head. I think, like I know, obviously you should from a safety standpoint. I believe that the law is you pull over or slow down. Yeah, I don't know the exact miles yeah. per hour but and it was a law that came into effect after i got my license so yeah. I, I don't have like the rule yeah. the code and everything <laughs> but yeah they added that okay where you either have to change lanes and i think it's like drop 15 miles an hour below posted yeah. or like there's a, right. there's a number there depending on what it is yeah okay. yeah and that's like a safety thing of if the police because the police officer could be walking around the car or whatever yeah. and so like just slowing safety down. yeah just being yeah okay i was just curious that one i wasn't sure about because i noticed people do both 
But I'm like, obviously, if you can get over, why not? You know? Okay. Yeah. I was just checking. I want to make yeah. sure I'm up to date and all the <laughs> road rules. You know? It's fine. Uh, well, it changes <laughs> based on whether we're in the summer or whether we're in the semester here in Bryan College Station because yeah. the... Um, I was going to say quality of driver, but quantity for sure. Mm -hmm. The quantity of drivers changes dramatically. So anyway, but you would know a lot about that. Today's guest, Mr. Corey Ging. (laughs) Today's guest? Yeah. Were you going to say my name or? No. uh, This was just. We're going to make people guess. Yeah. You just hear your voice and try and guess who it is. Yeah. 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 In the title for the podcast, it'll just be like blank episode, whatever. Mystery guest. Mystery. Yeah. But you're not. You're not the mystery guest. You are Corey Ging. I am. Yeah. And you've been around Bryan College Station for a long time. I have. Yeah. Yeah. A long time. Is this when I admit how old I am? I mean, you can. I have a complex about that. You know that, Chris? (laughs) Well, talking about laws, like, am I allowed to ask how old people are? Like, I could get in trouble. I don't know. So (laughs) it's one of those things. It's like, no, that's discriminatory. You can't ask. And as an older gentleman myself Uh of 39, you know, I'm whatever. Yeah. I, I think that the complex that I've come into recently is I used to be the young one here. Mm. And and there is this thing where you shouldn't make fun of other people because you may be them one day. <laughs> oh. And that was me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've now become uh, not the younger people yeah. here. And so, yeah, uh, I've been in Bryan College Station since... since 1999. There you go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 1999. That's all we need. Yep. Yeah. Emmy, when did you arrive on the scene in Bryan College Station? I thought you were going to ask her, like, when was she born? Because I'm thinking <laughs> like, I may oh, be easy. her. <laughs> easy answer. Um, 2013. Okay. That's when I came here. Yeah. 2013. Mm-hmm. I got here in 2008. So, yeah. In between there. In between. Yep. Right in the wow. middle. Well, Corey, thank you so much for joining us today on the Story We're Sharing podcast. Why don't you just tell us a little bit of, like, what your role is here at the church? My title is the service programming director. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I know. It sounds so very official. official. I know. Yeah. Isn't it great? Like, what, is, what do all those words mean? <laughs> uh, so what I do is I work with a team that puts uh, the Sunday morning experience together. Everything from uh, worship through uh, creative graphics, production, technology, video, hosting, things like that. I don't do the message. <laughs> You should. <laughs> it's definitely not my. Yeah, why is that happening? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You I, have been on I staff support. long enough. <laughs> you should absolutely. Yeah, 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 have yeah. you ever been on stage during a live experience other than p- playing the bass a yeah, long time ago? A long time ago. I have. You have. Do you want this? Yeah, go for okay. it. So, <laughs> do there was a, I do want this story. Uh, there was a time period, and this is this has been a long time ago, that we went through a, a phase of everyone should get. Stage time. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should get on stage. Everyone should uh, be comfortable with that. People should know you. You mm-hmm. should do that. And so we were kind of going through the staff, and, and they were doing small parts, either welcomes or, or things like that. And I, it, I drew the straw, right? And so it was my <laughs> turn. And I, I just – that's not where I – that's not where I shine. That's not my <laughs> gift. That's not what I do. And so it was just a – it was a very painful Sunday for me. It was, it was just, I said, good morning. Thank you for being here. I probably messed up an announcement and then, then we went on. But the, so the backstory was, so yeah, you, you referenced that I played bass as a volunteer for a long time mm-hmm. before I came on staff. And even when I was on staff for a while, I played bass and was trying to do production in the back in, in a previous role and it got to be too difficult. And so Sean Parrish, my boss came in and said, Hey, 
I can't have you doing both. You can't do your major role of production mm-hmm. and run run the back of the house if you're on stage. And so we're cutting you off. You cannot get on stage. You cannot play bass anymore. We're just going to have to figure out another answer. Mm-hmm. And so after that Sunday that I was hosting or I was on stage, that Monday morning I went into Sean's office and I said, hey, you remember that conversation <laughs> of I can't do my job yeah. well yeah. if I'm on stage <laughs> playing bass? How is that different to try to host. And it was completely oh, yeah. selfish on my part because <laughs> I just wanted to get out, out of it. it and he, he paused for a second because he knew what I was doing. Yeah, and he, sure. And he paused for a second and he said, you're right. You don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And so then my team is in, in the recent past. My team has brought me on stage for like games. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I got put on stage for my birthday one year. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's, been drug. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, I can understand why, because your role on Sunday is so vast and you have your hand in so many different things. I can understand why that mm-hmm. would be difficult, but I also think you should be on stage more. So, mm. but we're excited because we have the opportunity to help people get to know you a little better and tell your story just here through the podcast, which is a big reason that we started this and just helping people tell their story. And it's been a lot of fun as we have been working through the staff. One of the things I think is really interesting that maybe people don't know about our staff is that for the most for the most part, really except for Pastor Will, ministry was not this is what my life purpose sure. is as we were growing up or whatever else. Like no one else is, went to seminary mm-hmm. or is professionally trained, whatever that looks like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yourself, you know, included in that list. And and so, what are some of the moments as you just look back on your story in your life, what are some of the moments of faith for you or, or whatever that helped kind of modify that trajectory at some point to get you to where you are? Modify my trajectory. <laughs> there are a, a lot of different pieces, right? Sure. And so trying to make this not a three hour podcast, but like a, a you know, 20 minutes, right? That was like a little bit. That's your goal. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't grow up in church. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my family was kind of disenfranchised when I came along from church, and so uh, there was a, a an experience that happened to my parents, to so my family, when I was uh, like nine or ten, um, that kind of drew us back in, and so I became the and, and became really involved, uh, but I was the outsider in that because I, we started attending a real traditional denominational church, um, and I would say the the standard story was the parents grew up there. Yeah, the kids grew up there, were born in there, and and, and that was the, yeah. the, the thing. And I was I was not that at all. I, I had really no background. I didn't know what the songs. I didn't know <laughs> the words. I didn't know what this was at yeah. all. Um, and so, but but really, kind of dove in. My my dad did, and and I as well. And so, uh, I always had this kind of differing view of what people were experiencing. Mm-hmm. So my friends. Uh, that I, that I grew up with that were in that church or, or any of them, that, that was really just standard. It was, that was what they did for me. I, there was more of like a why, and mm-hmm. there was more of a wanting to s- like seeing it from a different perspective. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so thinking about that and the, the pastor of that church was, was an amazing guy, uh, was super intentional with, lots of people and, and my family, my, me and, and uh, my family as well. And I remember my senior year in high school. So like went through junior high and high school there and he like, we're about to graduate and he's like, Hey, do you want to come like grab coffee or ice cream? Whatever. And I was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, man, I've, I've loved 
like getting to know you and seeing you grow and just you're such an awesome guy and I'd really love to talk to you about going to seminary. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> now like high school Corey <laughs> that like it was left feel like the woes yeah. and wows yeah. that y'all just said yeah. like that was <laughs> a subtle of what I felt when he said that right and I just and, and like I remember saying like I don't that doesn't even make any sense to me and he's like no I really think that like, this is what like you you should really think about this and I probably did as much as a high school kid would have and, yeah, sure. and uh, then, then went on about it but I think looking back at that there was this like I don't know that I ever felt it like oh but like that was the first kind of breadcrumb of God saying hey you're th- this, this may be part of your story yeah and uh, I think that as I came into uh, so volunt so Fast forward a thousand years. You're uh, not fast, that old. No, no, no. I, know, I, I told you I have a complex about this, right? Uh, no, fast forward, and I think being on staff here and even making that step to do that, um, stepping out of um, a completely different career in industry and not not uh, this, this not being <laughs> what, what, yeah. what the life plan was, was planning on being, um, and then stepping into this role in here and, and just having that reminder of uh, – something that was planted a long yeah, time ago. That's wild. Because when you say that this was not the life plan, like what did you go to school for? Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta share that right? yeah. for sure. That's my favorite part. Like uh my degree is from Texas A and M uh in wildlife and fishery sciences. Mm. Love it. With a emphasis on inland fisheries and management. Yeah. I mean that's that is the I would say that's the standard path for a service programming director. Uh, I think probably yeah. so. Yeah. Really, really, you want to work that in <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Completely. Completely different. So, what did you do out of college? Because you pursued that. That was that yeah. was your path. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I I did. Uh, I worked on that and through through college, and then for um, five or six years after college, was working in industry in that industry. So managing private lakes and ponds throughout the. St- State of Texas, kind of south uh, this region. I mean, I'm not, I'm not fishing for. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> yeah, I did that. I definitely it. did that. Not I'm not fishing it. for anything. Wow, no, but wow. I how I like I know that you and Amy got involved here at Brazos Fellowship yeah, and yeah. Uh, through Amy's parents, mm-hmm. etc. But like how how did you transition to taking a step towards that seed that had been planted mm-hmm. so long ago, right? <laughs> like coming out of high school, and you have not only. I mean, this was something you were passionate about. You like wildlife fisheries. That was, you loved that. That wasn't just a job for you. Like you, that was something you were really pursuing. So you're pursuing this thing. You're doing what you love to do. You're out on the water. You're taking care of these private lakes. Like you're in your element. And then this opportunity presents itself for you to transition and come on staff at a church. Like super cool God moment for you to be able to trace that back and be like, wow, that seed was planted so long ago. Maybe that is something that God has for me. But what did that, season look like for you that transition for you to come on staff i'll go there um i know you don't know you don't know yeah. the answer right I, um, I, I mean i i don't know much of the answer no. yeah um so yeah i was uh because of uh my in-laws and their uh integral part of kind of being part of lunch team here at brazos fellowship um my wife and i uh actually we attended the first public service okay and then we were attending another church in town and and as a young married couple wanting to keep individuality and yeah. things like that, yeah. uh, we kind of tried to not 
be a part of Brazos Fellowship. Okay. Just out of personal pride, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Like, uh, not not completely, but um, and uh, this place just drew us, like mm-hmm. drew us in. And I think we kind of double attended for a while <laughs> and like, yeah. did silly things like that. And um, but really, just the people and the heart and the message here was was way stronger than than we could than our pride. Uh, and so started volunteering a whole lot. Um, I played bass, uh, you know, uh, on stage for about a year and a half um, and made some connections with, with staff here. And um, one of the previous worship pastors uh, had approached me while I was doing this fisheries job mm-hmm. uh, and said, hey, uh, we're looking at expanding. And and uh, by that time, I guess I had moved more into production. I was not, not on stage playing bass as much. Um, and he said, we, we really need someone to help me with the production, with the media, with the technology side of it. And I really would love for that to be you. And, uh, so he had made not an offer or anything, um, just was kind of like, let's, are you interested? Mm-hmm. I know you have this other thing going on. And it was, uh, we were good friends with them. Amy and I were good friends with he and his wife. And so it was in their living room we Had this conversation and, and through that conversation, I mean, you kind of have to ask that question of well, what does that look like? Yeah. Financially. Right. <laughs> yeah, right? Like that's yeah. the part. Yeah. And, uh, so that kind of got brought up and I remember like walking like, thank you. You know, that's cool. What a great night. And we, we finished with and getting in the truck on the way home, and Amy and I looking at it like, that's that's like we just that's not that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to work. Yeah. So that was maybe a year before. That was a year before. Oh wow! I came okay. on staff, um, and that was not an offer. That was just a exploratory. Sure. Would you even be mm-hmm. interested? They they didn't have a position at the time or anything like that. The last year I was at my previous job, so in in fisheries management, um, was a very challenging year. Um, for uh, for me personally, um, it, it it was a growing company. There were lots of demands. Um, they were I was newly married, young married, was about to have a kid, um, and time and priorities. I was not making the best decisions, uh, and so uh, it was getting the balance was not working out between home and work and. It was it was getting tough. Yeah, but the financials were really beneficial. Sure. Um, and then something happened the last year I was there uh, that made the financial benefit of that completely change, mm. not be as beneficial. Yeah. Uh, so I, without getting a bunch of details, like the end of year bonuses looked different. They yeah. changed the yeah. they changed the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that had been previous, uh, and it was a really turning point. For, for me and for Amy and I to recognize that that's that's not all of it right right, right. exactly yeah <laughs> and so um yeah so really in a humbling way <laughs> say wow that that's okay so what we thought we needed and was important actually didn't come through and so now let's let's talk about mm-hmm. what what else this this happens and and during that time there were some staff transition changes and so this position actually did show up um, and I came in to Sean and said hey about that yeah <laughs> yeah um, and so yeah it was it was a it was a tough it was a tough time it was not a fun it was a growing experience um, and looking back I can see definitely uh, God moving things around yeah. to, uh, you know, in a way that I wouldn't have, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. 
In looking back and seeing how God moved all those pieces around that, like you said, you didn't know who were some of the people that were a part of that and like the decision making and who are some of the people that are helping grow your story today and just being a part of you and Amy's life and the girls. I mean, Amy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she, she was a huge part of that transition. I mean, like ch- changing what your life plan is yeah. and what your career is and what your household looks like. Um, she, she was a big part. Um, and, and still is obviously, but in, in that transition. Um, and then the staff here, I mean, like that's, I don't know if that's the pat answer, but it, it's truly, I mean, because I was, this was my church. Like this, yeah. is, this was before it was my job. And so um, we were in small group with people here and we were, uh, I was good friends with staff here and Will and Sean and people that were here before I was, at, I was on staff. And, um, they were the ones that helped me walk through that and, and continue to, I mean, it, it's been a long, we've, we've had ups and downs and, mm-hmm. you know, celebrations and loss and, you know, happy times and crying times. And, uh, it's been the, the staff here really that have, uh, gotten me through, through all mm-hmm. of that good and bad. So good. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Even listening to you talk through, some of those decisions and some of the things that you were faced with. And as you're talking, I'm just kind of having some of these flashbacks of my own journey and story. Cause similarly, I mean, I wasn't stocking ponds uh, or private lakes. <laughs> like that sounds way cooler what than what loss. I was doing, but um, trajectory was not leading me towards a staff position at church. Mm-hmm. I was working a full-time job and then Corey Ging reaches out <laughs> and says, Hey Chris, you want to go grab lunch? And I remember when you invited me to lunch, that was the first meal we had ever shared together. Um, probably the first serious conversation we had ever had, uh, you know, didn't know you super well. And we go to firehouse subs over on Texas and you basically offered me a job and presented an opportunity long before college ministry was even a thing. There was no college mm-hmm. ministry here. It had nothing to do with college ministry, but it's just so cool to see how like God writes your story in that way. And there's this like shift and then he uses you to be that shift in other people's lives. And, and when you say that the staff has played such a huge role just in your journey and your story, like I get it. It's just, yes, this place is special, but it's because of the people that God brings alongside of us. And as we walk alongside each other, when you think about this journey or really any part, cause there's, you know, in, there's so many other layers to your story and things that you've experienced and seasons of life, et cetera. But what, what are some of the, like the lessons that you've learned about yourself, about just life, about faith, whatever. Um, what are some things that you've learned that you feel like, man, these are things I carry with me. It wasn't just like a, Oh yeah, I needed to learn that in that moment, but mm-hmm. have really helped shape who you are walking around on a daily basis. I think going back to being that young kid, in a church that everyone knew when to stand up, everyone knew who mm-hmm. to sit down, you know, everyone knew the songs to sing, everyone knew what page. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a church that had a hymnal that had like little pages in the front and big pages, numbers in the back, and it re- it started over. What? It's Yeah, so the the, the front part was um, like uh, liturgical. Okay. So it would, it would yeah. have service orders mm-hmm. of different things and prayers and, and chants and, and things like that. Yeah. And then the back uh, half was the hymns and the numbers – they were little in the front and ah, they were big in the back. Interesting. But that sounded silly. Like so, it started <laughs> over when the numbers got bigger. It went to the hymns, but it was like hymn number one, hymn mm-hmm. number okay, two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It started over, but anyway, yeah. so like things like little nuance things that if you grew up there, 
that seemed completely normal. Right. But to me, I was like, page 102 is right here, but this is not what we're saying <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, it's the second 102. Did someone know who's playing a trick on me? Here? <laughs> but from that, you know, another huge part that I, I have to at least talk about is uh, my Amy and I's and our family's journey in foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being foster parents uh, for five or six years um, and recently adopting um, yeah. our son. Uh, but seeing that system um, and even the, the history of that. So like my mom worked for child protective services growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you get to see a life that is completely different than yours. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something that you experience on a day to day basis. So this was as a, as a kid growing up, our dining, our dining room table conversations were pretty different yeah. than, you know, who won the game or yeah. whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, Cause mom's work was, was, was different. And so there were just like to her debriefing about just the difficult situations she, she was seeing um, and, and having to deal with. And so then when Amy and I became licensed and, and started that journey um, and had, you know, uh, six or seven kiddos come through our house um, at different times and different things um, and getting involved with that system and, and seeing their families and, and the turmoil that, that's going on there. Um, so all that, Mm-hmm. To wrap up, to say that it's really important to take yourself out of, take your situation out out of what's going on and look at how other people may react in that mm-hmm. or feel in that or experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's my role here um, as service programming is I, I, don't, I don't do a bunch of the day-to-day things, but I bring the view of the people that are not in the room when we're talking about it and how are they going to feel and experience that Mm -hmm. and how are we going to help them understand this fact about God or this experience better Um, and so and I think that there have been a lot of of life situations um, that have made me more attuned to that Mm -hmm. of that does that make sense that that feeling that that in a I wouldn't say I'm, I'm like an extremely emotional or compassionate person. Like I don't, uh, but I just, I understand, even though I may not have experienced this, this situation personally, mm-hmm. I, I can, I can understand it and I can, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I like, I think that you have explained that well, but I also, I've been in the room when you have fought for the people not in the room, yeah. right? And, and fought for like, hey, it's important that we recognize their perspective or how they're going to like interpret this or experience this. I think that's one of the most important mm-hmm. things is when, when somebody walks in and it's it's so cool to hear you make that connection because in your mind and in your heart, you're like, I am that person. Mm-hmm. I am that 10-year-old kid sitting there looking at this hymnal and not knowing what to do and everyone else knows what to do and I know how I felt so if someone walks into our space and they don't speak our language and they don't know what to do when are they supposed to stand up when are they supposed to sit down I don't want them to feel what I felt when I was 10 years old and and to hear you articulate it like that and then to see how that is like you've been very passionate about the way that we do ministry here at the church and the way we interact with the people that walk through the doors. I think that's awesome. I think that um, it's super, super powerful. How would you say that plays out uh, even just on a day-to-day basis for you outside of the church? 
you know, I had a friend, this has been years ago, tell me, uh, this, make this statement. And it was, wasn't super profound, I guess, but it, it's super stuck with me. And I mm-hmm. think that, uh, our journey through foster care, I think that, um, just some of our, just some of my, um, feelings and passions about things come from the, like this, this explains it. Right. Uh, so he is a bailiff for, in a courtroom. Um, and he, so he is around people who are charged with lots of not good things, right? That's, right. You, you don't, don't end up, you're talking about, they, maybe they didn't pull over maybe. for an That's emergency vehicle. Yeah. But, it, um, but it, it could be any number of things. It yeah. could be really good. It could be smaller things. It could be really, really large things. And, um, he's around that all day, every day. Yeah, and that—that's a. Mm. I mean, he's worked in criminal justice for a long time, but but that's that's his current job and what he's done for a long time. Um, and he said, he said, people ask me like, how do you how do you deal with that every day? Like, don't you just get sick of that? Like, just the like kind of build up this callus mm-hmm. of like, I just like, well, you 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 did something dumb anyway. Um, and his answer was, there have been times in my life that I was one or two decisions away from being that guy, not the bailiff with the badge wow. behind the judge. And, uh, that's, that's like mm. when I, when we're, um, bio parent, biological parents, of foster kids for the first time, the, the situation that they're in, uh, definitely is from some choices and, and, things that they've they've made right. no no doubt not not discounting mm-hmm. that there were also some that they didn't choose that they were handed mm-hmm. um, and i think that there's sometimes we don't recognize that we all don't they all mm-hmm. don't come from the same place yeah, i think that that's good. even even on sunday morning yeah. like, we don't all come from the same place right. and so how do we uh, help people not feel left out yeah. how do we you know um, yeah yeah it's so good so good one of my favorite things of this podcast is I feel like we get to learn from each other and you lead a team here, you lead your family. And what are some of the disciplines that you do to be able to do that well and balance that well that also are helping keep you healthy, whether that's mentally or spiritually or all of the above? <laughs> wow. You think I'm healthy. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. Or mentally read, healthy, Corey. Corey. <laughs> did, I, did I read too much into that question? Look, I was just giving you time to answer. <laughs> um no, I think that relationships are so important mm. and sometimes they're difficult. <laughs> they're difficult for me. Uh, they're, I, I know that, that there can be difficult, but relationships personally with, with either Amy, my spouse, my family, mm-hmm. um, and I like pouring into those and being consistent and being um, present in those as all the time, but as much as, yeah, as you can, right. um, to be honest. And, and, but also uh, friend relationships and uh, the relationships here at work and being, being intentional about those. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, the aha I had, uh, and I, there wasn't like this light bulb moment at this time, but I think a, a big change for me was when I, I recognized that prayer did not have to be a scheduled start mm-hmm. thing here. And then I said, amen, and then it's over. And then maybe either tomorrow or the next time or the next Sunday. You know, I think some of that growing up in a traditional denomination that they don't mean to ingrain that. And that maybe I just picked up on that, but that's, it's, it, there, lots of times they were very, not very, um, lots of times they were, uh, 
pre-written prayers. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they were done at this time. And then that was, that was the thing. And I think that the change of, in my mind of a, a real relationship isn't a scheduled, like if I just put on my schedule, have dinner with family on Monday and Thursday at 6, 6 PM, like that's not a real relationship. Right. That's a, that's a, a, um, what'd you say? Like it's transactionary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but a constant conversation, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. a, you know, constantly being, um, in conversation in, in prayer ultimately yeah. with, with God to, um, guide and challenge and, uh, correct yeah. <laughs> what, you know, connect me. I think that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's good. And what is it? First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians. It says, "Like pray without ceasing." Yeah. You know, it's this idea because obviously we're having a conversation right now, and it's like, okay, am I supposed to be like praying in under my breath right. while I'm talking to you? You know, but it it's that it's more of a posture thing, more of a, an attitude thing of making the decision to continuously be connected to and in communication with the Holy Spirit. And uh, yeah, that that's awesome, and I, I love that. What would you say? We, we ask this question a lot on this podcast to kind of wrap up, and it, it's simply so what, right? So it's like when you take all of this, when you think about your story, when you think about the people that have spoken to you, when you think about um, some of the lessons that you've learned, even you know just what it looks like to see things from other people's perspective, when you think about these private disciplines, it's, there's this this outflow of that into into ministry, into relationships, into the people around you. And so it's that, okay, so what? Like, that's great that you know these things, but like, how does that actually play itself out in your life? Like, what does that look like for you on a daily basis? It's the, the having grace and understanding for those around you. Mm. Even though I may believe this, this, um, or you may believe this thing or this, this, truth that's happened in your life mm-hmm. that just because I haven't experienced that truth doesn't discount yours or discredit yeah. yours. Yeah. Um, and, and not from a, a God or a, a specific faith belief in Jesus standpoint, but just in, in other life circumstances um, that if you and I experience the same thing, it have the same set of things that happen to us, we can feel different about yeah. them. We, yeah. we can experience them mm-hmm. differently and, and we can come out of them differently mm. and, and they can be um, really impactful for you and they can just kind of be a thing for me yeah. um, or the other or the other way around depending on what it is. And I think yeah. that uh, we need more of that. Yeah, that's good. That's That's so good. Man, I love being able to have some of these conversations because it's, you know... It, Literally what you just ended with, right? That you experience the same thing, but you come out of it with different perspectives or having a different impact on you. And that's one of the things that I love about people beginning to share their story because we could have walked the same path, but God will have taught you things mm-hmm. that I haven't learned, even if I've had similar life experience. And to be able to glean some of that from you and hopefully have something that other people can glean from yeah. my story and the things that I've learned. And so, man, thank you, Corey. I know that you're a behind the scenes guy. And so <laughs> putting yourself in, in front of 
an audience in front of the microphone is not always the most comfortable thing, but man, I, I really appreciate it because I think there's so much value. And I know I see that personally in, in getting to call you friend and not just coworker, getting to call you friend. Like God uses you all the time to teach me things and seeing how you, how you lead, how you love, how you're a father, um, how you're a boss and getting to see that up close is incredibly impactful for me. And so thank you so much for coming on the podcast for helping share part of your story. So yeah, but we can't let you leave yet. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we have had some of your team on the podcast already. Okay. And we have a few yet to come. And one of the things that has consistently come up is, you know, when Ryan and I first started together, uh, I started a little bit before him, but when Ryan and I, Ryan Sheridan and I, like, were working together closely, we pulled pranks all the time. His episode came out a few weeks ago. We talked about some of those pranks that we pulled. But there's been this shift that has happened in the last couple of years where um, that your team has grown. You have several Mm -hmm. people that are on your team that are working with you that technically you're like their boss. And Mm -hmm. um, their attention for... Uh, who to mess with has shifted from just general population or even, you know, <laughs> other coworkers and all of that attention has been placed on you. Mm-hmm. A, a lot. Yeah. Lots of it. Yeah. Lots okay. Of it. A lot, a, a lot. lot, if not yeah. all. Yeah. All. They're <laughs> all maybe accurate. I, I think all is fairly accurate. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan will know. Uh, I don't like absolutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, okay. That's, that, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Because, that's fair. Uh, back to that. And absolute means that everyone felt the same thing about it, or that all mm. right. So that that I, it just there's right. something in me that yeah. Uh, but in this re- this case, <laughs> this time the only. absolute of all of their attention on pranks has been turned to me. Yeah, pretty accurate. Pretty yeah. So we want you know we like to end each podcast just with like a fun segment, an opportunity just to learn a little personality, whatever. But we wanted to give you the space because <laughs> all they do is mess with you. And we shared a few of those. You know your your likeness. Uh, mm-hmm. You should be getting royalties from this, but your likeness has been used on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, True. You have multiple uh, pseudo personalities, mm-hmm. uh, like. You know, yeah. uh, core Giver, and um, there's I don't, I don't even know there's what so the many. character is on the inside of Ryan's office door, like the full life size. Uh, was it was something? Was it you uh, fishing with a Hawaiian? That was, that was yeah, rom- Romper Corey. There romper we go, Romper Corey. Corey yeah. yeah, I kind of did that one to myself. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> but there are a lot of different iterations of Corey Ging that have yep. popped up in stickers and cutouts and all kinds of They've stuff. T-shirts. Traveled. They've traveled around, yes. so they're in different states, you know? So what I am curious <laughs> about is, first of all, what is your favorite that you're like, okay, that was good. I can't even be upset about that. Well, what was your favorite thing that they have done, whether it was a Photoshop incident or mm. something that you'd be like, okay, I, I, I'll give them props. That was good. I mean, there's two two that come to mind. Okay. Um, and there's a pillow <laughs> that it's not life size. It's larger than life size <laughs> of my head. It's so, it's so huge. It's giant. It's, it's, it, it maybe what is it two or three times the size of my head. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a pillow that's a cutout pillow with my, with my head on it. And like my face, my face. Your face. Yeah. yeah. And, it lives in my house. Yeah. And for a while it like, I actually kept it in our master bedroom <laughs> and my, my, my Amy finally was like, 
you got to take that out of here. Is, <laughs> people are going to see that and think well, this is weird. So now it's upstairs because with our so kids. many people come into your master. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, right? right yeah, well, yeah. That, this House is, tours. Yeah, exactly. That, everything's nice except for that pillow. Uh, but so now it lives upstairs with my kids, and uh, my my middle daughter Addie will put it on her head, but it's <laughs> giant on her, and she'll dance with it, and it looks like a jib jab. Yes, it's, it's like that's a live, exactly what I was thinking in my live, head when no, you started it, saying it that. It looks exactly like that's I've got so funny. Um, and she'll use it at sleepovers. So she'll like, she sent me a picture. It's been a couple weeks ago and she was like laying out like a pallet. She had a friend coming over and she was laying out like <laughs> sleeping bags and oh, whatever. Man. And she had the pillow was for her friend to sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now it's, it, they're good friends of ours. And so like, oh, it's awesome. it's all good. Like, yeah. but she sent me, I said, Eddie, that's the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> like, so no, funny. no, no. She's going to love it. <laughs> Okay. I love but, it. So yeah, the, the pillow. That's so good. The pillow had probably the pillow face. Yeah. yeah. Thing is probably. You said there were two. What was the other? So I hesitate because my, so my my team and we don't want to reinforce this action. No, I understand that's my that. problem. Yeah. Is, yeah, I get is that. that. I if I that. say this is my this was so I'll give them props. Yeah. Okay. So because I said earlier about getting on stage, it's not my favorite thing to do, and they so um, I have to I don't know exactly how many years ago, uh, but my birthday landed on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and uh, so. They decided to, to make it Corey Ying Day, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so to celebrate that, they had every single person on staff in a shirt yes. that had my, my face. Yeah. Again, there's a yeah. common theme, right? Had my face on on it. And so I walked in early Sunday morning, and there's a few of us here. Your production's here, band starting. And, um, and I see Ryan has one on and like some of the... Oh, that's funny. That's cute. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. And I think it's just like the lo- the team, like our, yeah. our production team or whatever, our, our, you know, SPD. And then I think Sean probably walked in. He's wearing one. I'm like, oh, wow, this this is a little bit wider. And I'm seeing like, people in adult ministries. And yeah, kids, I had one on. Yeah, kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you had one. And then Pastor Will walks in <laughs> with one on. Um and then my family walks in later that during the service, like yeah. while the service going, they, when the, the service they come to, they, they walked in and they all had one on and stuff. Um, and so I, that was really inspiring to me that they went. <laughs> and I, I definitely, uh, I felt loved and appreciated on that day um, in, in yeah. a lot of ways. That's great. Okay. La- last thing, because, you know, I understand you don't want to. You don't want to enable them. You don't want to encourage. Call them out. Yeah. <laughs> it, I am curious if you have ever considered getting them back. Also, who would you have do it with you, though? That's your whole team. So who oh, are you I'll bringing you. Who are you bringing in? <laughs> I'll help you. Except Ryan. I can't get Ryan Sheridan, but uh, I can get everybody else. Yeah, y'all have a yeah, truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have I ever considered getting them back? You could plead the fifth, but... Yeah, I mean, so... Not, not really, not really, and I'll, because because you're a better person. He's than working all on no. something. <laughs> it sounds like he's working on something no, 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 no. big. Actually, no, 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 no. And I, like this, this is honestly. I signed an so, NDA. So yeah. there's a direct- <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, sometimes when so we obviously laugh a lot around here yeah. and and have a lightheartedness, um, but <laughs> uh, I don't. So so there's a, like a, a funny thing where he's like, "Oh, you're fired," like. I don't do that. Yeah. But there are people sometimes that will joke like, oh, you know, you spilled that coffee. Oh, you're fired. Yeah. I, I, knowing it's a joke. Um, and Kayla is the one that has brought it up to me the most. But she's like, 
and I've told her, I said, I won't ever do that. Like, I, I'm not going to joke with you that you're fired. And she's like, I really appreciate that. And I was like, well, it's because if I say it, then I want you to know that it was real. Yeah. <laughs> oh like, I don't want you to. <laughs> That's so, so awesome. And so in that same light or in that same vein, like, I don't want to pull a prank. It, mm-hmm. They need to know that it's real yeah. if, if the wrath of Corey mm-hmm. is coming down. Mm-hmm. What I love is that just in the way you say that the implication is made, the wrath of Corey exists. Yeah. And it you want to stay out it of the happen. wrath. You want to yeah. stay out of that path, but were it to come, you would know it. Yeah. It would be, it would yeah. be real. I love it. I love it. Smart. So good. So good. Well, thanks for being a good sport. Thanks for coming on and helping share your story. For sure. I say helping share your story. It's it's your story. So you didn't (laughs) help. You You just shared your story. Okay, here, let me can I Yeah. And thank y'all for helping me share my story. There we go. That's kind of what I was going for. So Amy, another episode. So much fun. Yeah, season two has been great. Yes. I'm so glad that Corey said yes. Season two has been great, and you did not break the record for shortest or longest podcast. You're just <laughs> so you're average. <laughs> I was, That's what I feel yeah, like he was going for. Amy just said first she said you were like healthy, spiritually healthy, and mm-hmm. now she said you're mediocre. So wow, can I wait? Now I have to say something. <laughs> when you were talking about your age and how you were like, what is it? You said your age complex. To me, I've never seen it. I've always thought Corey was one of the cooler people on staff. Like when I first started working here, I was like a little intimidated. Like he's too cool. He's too cool. That's the persona you give off, Corey. So know that. I give off the too cool persona. Yeah, you're too cool. You're too cool. Is that a compliment? I think so. I appreciate that. <laughs> he doesn't know how to take it. He's like, mm, all right, I don't like that. The complex, the old, the old man complex is too heavy. It's too That's ingrained. It, yeah, That's it is, fair. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, just know you're not the oldest person on staff. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah there, there are quite a few people ahead of you, so. I know. I've just joined them. Again. That's true. <laughs> that is true because, like, the the top half of staff just mm-hmm. keeps getting older mm-hmm. and we just keep mm-hmm. adding younger people. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I, on the I, other I, end. If I would have thought about it more when I was part of the younger staff, mm-hmm. I would have maybe planned out better. Yeah, but, really. Yeah. yeah the jokes. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why uh, it's all coming back on you. All mm-hmm. coming back on you. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. Are you going to say something? No, I thought you were going to say something. You always say something that I do, but you just ended with rap. Okay. See go you again. later. I'll go. Okay. We're doing this again. If well, a big edit point. Yeah. In my podcast. Maybe. <laughs> I, I am mediocre. This wasn't the first. No, we did this. La- Whose was it? We did this I already. Don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. Except I'm going to leave all of this in. <laughs> okay. No, do it. That's fine. Uh, but seriously, that is, that's a wrap, Emmy. That's the end. We did it. There we go. If I say Emmy at the end, then you know. No, um, you didn't have to. I, okay. We're finished. Great episode. Come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>